Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 588 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Live from Underground Studios, it's KB, it's Matt coming at you with a very fun show. It's our Thanksgiving Eve tradition as we record these on Wednesdays, so you'll have this going into your holiday weekend. Uh, We got a lot to dive into from the Eagles, the Sixers, the Phillies. And a whole lot more. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com, slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv, slash Underground Sports PHI. If you want to watch the show live every single Wednesday night before it goes out anywhere else, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. helps us do more fun and dope things as we head towards the new year and obviously the holiday season as well. But go subscribe. You're going to be with your friends and family this weekend. Just tell them to pull out their phones. Click that subscribe button. Let's, uh, let's get the subscribers growing on audio. And, of course, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. Every show on our network in full video form, live streams, original video content, clips, shorts. It's all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, which we are currently at 637 subscribers. Would be awesome if we can hit 650 by the end of Thanksgiving Day. So, Tell your friends and family to subscribe when you're hanging out with them this weekend. And uh, be sure to get your merch, phiapparel.co, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, right around the corner. You'll be seeing all of the deals on our social media pages. But anytime, any place, you can go to phiapparel.co, stand out in the crowd with Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch, Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Union merch. Uh, And when you go to checkout, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. You can use that year-round, but I'm sure once Black Friday and Cyber Monday roll around, we'll have a big-time code for an even bigger discount for you guys. Uh, But go get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off. Uh, And, of course, this podcast is presented by the City of Vineland, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. 
Matt, what's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. We uh, we were both proven wrong in our preseason predictions uh, with the Eagles as they somehow found a way, kept the main thing the main thing, as Jalen Hurts says, and uh, took down the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football for all of the world to see. And yet somehow, some way, your take, no pun intended there, about uh, style points and players carrying quarterbacks and everything still made its way into the zeitgeist as it was the Chiefs would have won if this, 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 and this didn't happen. Well, it didn't. And the Eagles made the big plays when they had to make the big plays and are now 9-1 and one with the best record in the NFL and have had the best record in the NFL or a share of it since week one of last season. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from that game is that the Eagles – have I think the only unstoppable thing in the NFL right now, which is the brotherly shove. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about its impact, but I think you really saw it in a high leverage game there where you get that Jalen Hurts push. And it's like, there's really nothing defenses can do to stop that. And um, it's such a, a, again, just when you get in these big games in these big moments, when you have something you can go to that reliably, that's such a high success rate. I think that's, that's just a massive advantage over so many other teams. And, um, yeah, just having even that easy button, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it allows so much, you know, we've talked about they, they face a lot of first and eights rather than first and tens like most other teams get to do because, you know, they, they, their mind is made up once they get to, uh, you know, the, the, the lower downs that they can go for it and it's not a problem because they, they're, they're very comfortable in taking that risk. I thought it was a good game in terms of like adjustments as it went on. I feel like the Eagles uh, made adjustments in that game and, and improved and won. And yeah, I think you saw a lot of, the good and bad of both teams in this game too you know like so much of the criticism of the Chiefs this year has been offensively that the weapons not being the best and you, you definitely saw that um, this very easily could have been an Eagles loss if the you know MVS can hold on to that that bomb um, but you saw the Chiefs defense really give the Eagles lots of problems um, never felt smooth from them right mm-hmm. but again you know just uh, found a way to to get any points that they could and uh you know, I think the Eagles was a little stop start at times offensively because of that defense, but also, you know, we've seen them at times just a few miscommunications and things like that, and um, that's going to happen in a big game. But I mean, the biggest takeaway, like you said, is that they have that uh, great record. Um, you know, it gives you a lot of confidence going into this week's matchup against the Bills as well. Like, listen, you know, like this this is like a a team that that for whatever reason can just find a ways to win, and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a big thing. And I mean. You look at some of the people that stepped up that had miscues in this game and then made up for it. Kevin Byard specifically, you know, gives up that first touchdown on a miscommunication on defensive coverage, but then picks off Patrick Mahomes in the red zone, uh, in the back of the end zone, and and makes up for it there. Um, you know, you had you had big plays on defense throughout this entire game. You know, Jalen Carter was looking up high school highlights and saw a kid make an interception on a spike. And he almost did that in this game, which was crazy. Um, if he would have pulled that off, that would have been one of the most insane NFL highlights, I think, of recent memory of somebody pulling an interception off from the defensive line, no less, on a spike. Um, and then, I mean, Jalen Hurts made us look like geniuses as uh, the X Factor, as we called him. Devontae Smith stepped up in a big way in this game, uh, kind of had that, that game ceiling catch that set things up at the one-yard line with that 41-yard bomb of a pass from Jalen Hurts that was allegedly an audible from Jalen Hurts. Um, so, you know, you know, 
all these uh, stand culture Twitter analysts want to say that Jalen Hurts doesn't know how to read a defense. Kind of knew how to read a defense there and, and picked up on something. And Devontae made huge plays in this game uh, that made it possible for the Eagles to win. And I think that was a, a big product of that. And DeAndre Swift, you know, whenever he had the ball in his hands, whether it was running the ball or in the screen game or the short passing game, DeAndre Swift was a huge, you know, swing in momentum and a huge, like, shot in the arm for this team to to really move the ball down the field because his speed was on full display against that Chiefs defense. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think for me, you know, just it's, – it's a huge test, too, because – these have looked like the two best teams in their respective conferences. Maybe you could say the Ravens and the AFC. And, you know, we've seen some standout performances from the 49ers. But I think on the course of the whole season, um, you know, the Chiefs have <laughs> – the only two previous games the Chiefs have lost, I think you would say that there was valid reasons for doing so. Mm-hmm. It was a, a Patrick Mahomes flu game and the first game of the season when they didn't have Travis Kelsey. Um, and that happened, like, what, two or Chris days? Jones. Yeah, right, and no Chris Jones. And that was like two days before um, that opening game that he picked up an injury in practice. So it wasn't even like, you know, they knew for a long time. They clearly planned to be, to play with Kelsey, and then he, he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's the same for every team. Like, you know, Hurts had some like very uncharacteristic uh, turnovers against the Jets, or this Eagles team is 10-0 and right now. You know, like that's, that's also the reality. But I just think at no point has it really felt like the Chiefs lost because they were like – really outplayed it never felt you know there, there's caveats to, to to both of their previous losses i think this one you can feel like yeah you go on the road and get a massive win against you know what is the the best team in in the opposite conference super bowl rematch but potential super bowl preview and we talk so much about how the nfl this year has been like college football and that mm-hmm. there's like every week you kind of come away with like statement wins and you know if, but if we were doing like an ap rank this is definitively putting the Eagles at, at number one spot, right? Because it just is, it's a, it really, it's like a, the old school, like Alabama LSU games, you know, like where it's like whoever won that, it was like, that's who's going to the national championship. So like, it doesn't quite feel that same way. It doesn't have like, it didn't have that, that same pop to it. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, again, it's just, it's a great performance by the Eagles. Most viewed game in the NFL this year by TV ratings uh, blew every game out of the water. Um, and Matt, can you name the common denominator of the top three most viewed NFL games this season? I'm going to say it's the Eagles. It is, is the guess. Philadelphia Eagles. Because it was the Cal- Eagles-Cowboys. Eagles-Cowboys. And then uh, I want to say it was Eagles-Dolphins Sunday Night Football. That was makes also. sense. Because that was, that was like kind of peak Dolphins uh, mania. Everyone was really excited about them. And uh, that felt like one of the first real big games in mm-hmm. the NFL season, too. Like, you also had the, the Bills-Dolphins like a yeah. week or two before that. That was a big, but that was like late afternoon slate anytime you get the prime time matchup but yeah. it was like 29.2 million people watched eagles chiefs which right hey you get a super bowl rematch like that and uh, a matchup i think that everybody coming into this season we even talked about it you know if there was ever a year to have a, a repeat super bowl it was probably this year and uh we kind of got our our first taste at that and i don't i don't know how you feel about this but i've seen it circulating um I feel like people are taking their frustrations that these are, these are people that aren't Eagles fans, their frustrations and their anger with the Eagles and and just how good they are and how they beat teams and find a way they're, they're trying to drag down Nick Sirianni in particular and using like his 
animated personality and just his excitement for his players, his team, the fans, uh, to just be like, this guy needs to to go. This guy's you know the worst. Blah blah. But when somebody like Dan Campbell does it, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's no knock to Dan Campbell because I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. I think what he's doing for the Lions is unbelievable. Um, but the double standard there is quite hilarious. Oh, it's because he's jacked. That too. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Biting kneecaps. Because he's like the quintessential football, football guy, and Sirianni is not. So there's yeah, there's a different reaction. Sirianni feels like someone who should be watching on a couch, whereas Dan Campbell, you can imagine playing football and obviously becoming a football coach. Like he's very fits that mold. I think people will criticize coach. Like next year, they'll be criticizing Dan Campbell mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like that's just the way this goes. I, Bill Belichick's one of the best coaches, of, you know, of my lifetime across all sports. And people were critical of him about his behavior all the time, too, and about uh, the way that he talked and his, like, real monotone, drab, and whatever. Like, there's always going to be something that someone says about something. I, I don't think it's it's really that big of a deal. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to get excited, too, I think, as the coach of this team because they just keep passing tests. And, we're you know, this was a part of the schedule that we highlighted all the way back in whenever the schedules get released. Uh, May. Yeah, May. Um as a, a big run and you know we, we knew it coming in this season this was going to be a, like a huge test after test and it's just like technically the second you know like marker on that because the Cowboys game before the bye was uh was really the first test but um you know you've you've you're going to be playing all potential like Super Bowl contenders if not at the very least playoff teams mm-hmm. and um you know you get the Bills this week which they're fighting for their lives and you know like that's obviously a very good offense like it's it's going to be another game I think that's going to come down to margin plays and again what the Eagles have shown time and time again is that they have they like it's not as efficient as last year but they have ways of just exploiting weaknesses that Mm -hmm. I don't know that a lot of teams do that at that level like I think there are very few teams in the NFL right now that um have again make it as easy as the eagles are able to make it easy on themselves and that's just a huge benefit yeah and i mean when when is an eagle success run not uh getting a cherry on top of potential howie season this late in the year as uh shaquille leonard formerly known as darius leonard was released by the colts this week has cleared waivers uh so he is free to sign with any team allegedly going to take a few days to make a decision but the tweet from adam schefter name drop two teams that being the dallas cowboys and the philadelphia eagles as two teams with high levels of interest i just gotta say a clip of uh darius leonard on the pat mcafee show back in 2021 after nick sirianni's introductory press conference was making the rounds on on twitter earlier this week Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, loves playing for Nick Sirianni when he was with the Colts. He loved being around him. Uh, And a tweet from Shaquille Leonard resurfaced today saying, LOL, Cowboys suck. Yeah, uh, classic. I think we can all get behind that statement. Um, Colts fans have said that he's washed. It's hard. It's it's always hard to tell too. Like I, I will always believe the fans of the teams mm-hmm. uh, from where players come from on like their opinion on the players generally because they watch so much more of it. Um, you do always have to wonder though on a team that's, you know, like they're they're kind of middling this year. I wouldn't even say they're like a terrible team. Like they're they're pretty competitive. 
Um, maybe the motivation was there. Who knows? Um, but it's not like this is a team that has like one or two wins at this stage of the season. Like they're a relatively good team. But yeah, Coles fans have been pretty negative about him and saying that they're not going to miss him very much. Maybe he's someone you get in the door and things change and uh, he looks a lot better. But your linebacker is an area where the Eagles don't have a ton of depth to, to begin with. So even if it's someone that isn't uh, playing at a super high level, I think getting someone in the door is not the worst thing. Yeah, I mean, he was injured last year, only played in three games, started one, um, and then this year has played in nine games for the Colts. 65 combined tackles, 34 solo, 31 assisted, two tackles for a loss. I mean, he's 28 years old, and I know, you know, from 2018 to 2021, he was a high level, always being in the mix for uh, defensive player of the year with the Associated Press. Um, multiple award nominations and wins in his career to say that, you know, last year when he was injured, played in three games and then feels like this year, he's like just been trying to work his way back into form uh, with a new coaching staff and everything. Obviously Shane Steichen is there and brought in new coaches. I, I don't want to hold everything against Shaquille Leonard for potentially having a, a down season compared to what he's had in the past. And I mean, you look at his combined tackles in 2021 when he was uh, the Associated Press. I want to see what award this was. He was named to NFL All-Pro team, first team, yeah. in 2021. Uh, he had 122 combined tackles. He's got 65 this year, halfway through the season. I mean, kind of on pace for where he was when he was nominated for the All-Pro team. Not to say that he would be voted that this year, but still seems like he's producing – uh, in a way that could certainly help out a team that's looking to make a deep playoff run. And I think one thing that Eagles fans always are clamoring for from Howie Roseman is linebacker depth. And what better way to get a guy that is free to sign anywhere, you'd pay him the vet minimum because the Colts are paying the rest of his contract, uh, the $6.1 million that he's owed. And then you have a guy who's 28 years old that you can kind of get in the building for half of a season, see if you like what you see from him in Sean Desai's defense. And if you want him back, you re-sign him. If not, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this it's kind of the um, the Eagles method, too, of not really not really too, worrying too much about the uh, the middle part of the defense and sort of addressing that as it goes. And, uh, yeah, this would be a, a pickup that, yeah, like you said, it, it seems – of pretty pretty low risk and uh, could have some potential payoff, but um, we'll see. He's got the the red or blue pill in front of him. <laughs> and I mean, last year uh, he missed the first three weeks recovering from offseason back surgery. Uh, came back in week four, and then he got a concussion and a broken nose in a game, which made him miss three more games, and then a setback with his back injury, which effectively ended his season last year. Um, and then in early November, he expressed his frustrations over the Colts coaches choosing to give him limited defensive snaps compared to previous uh, seasons, despite him feeling recovered from back surgery. And then he was waived uh, on Tuesday. So, I mean, I think it's somebody you take a shot on, especially if the other team in the mix is your direct rival in your division. I'd rather take the risk. It may not work out, but you took the risk and avoided you know, potential of your rival finding something in him who, you know, say what you want about the Cowboys. They they know how to run a defense, especially this year. 
Um, and I'd much rather prevent them from adding anything to that defense and adding it to ours over anything else. Yeah, Van Der Esch is, uh is done for the season, mm-hmm. right? So Potentially career. Yeah, another another neck injury. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Shaquille Leonard, I would 100% take a flyer on him. And uh, if Adam Schefter's name-dropping the Eagles there, hopefully that's uh, a good sign to come, and maybe we'll see after uh, this Bills game. Uh, on Sunday where he ends up uh, take some time during the the holiday weekend to uh, figure out where he's going to sign Um, but like you mentioned Matt the Bills are on deck it's another Kelly Green game and uh, it may be the tailgate to end all tailgates and I'm sure Kenwood Beer is going to be flowing through the lots on Sunday Uh, you guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com check out who's got Kenny's on tap in the Pennsylvania being Philadelphia Pittsburgh uh, New Jersey or Maryland areas. You can also get it at your local liquor stores. It's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, 8 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Um, maybe the tailgate of all tailgates may go down as one of the best ever um, as we see Kelly Green jerseys slamming through tables as – Eagles Nation and Bills Mafia come together for what will be a wild time down at the lots. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you give thanks. Next day you go out and trample your neighbor for a TV, and then on Sunday you uh, you go and just enjoy and be the most debaucherous self that you can uh, possibly be. I wonder if those, like, folding poker tables are uh, <laughs> someone's, like, a smart business, I think, would put them up for sale or something. Yes. You know, in the... Uh, in the, in, I, I think it's going to be a really fun game. I'm actually really looking forward to it, which means it's going to be a letdown. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, I'm actually more like the Chiefs one is, I think, a bigger, is more indicative of like the season and, and you know, kind of a, a good marker of progress. I'm actually more excited for this one because I think this one's going to have more scoring. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to, it's probably going to have. The Chiefs felt so, like, there was so much wrapped up into it. Like, uh, there's obviously like the Super Bowl aspect, and you're always going to feel. The team that loses that is, is going to feel like they have unfinished business. Like there's a little bit just of anxiety in that game, you know, and, and wanting to, to get that win. And, you know, I, I think for the Bills game, it's going to be a little more relaxed. And I think, um, again, obviously going to be super competitive, but I think this has potential to be a pretty high scoring game just because the Bills offense is still fantastic. You know, Josh Allen's still playing at a super high level. We also know that he, you know, takes like high risk throws too, you know, that, that can lead to turnovers, but you know, you expect the Bills most weeks to put up a, a good amount of points, and this Eagles defense has been good, you know, like, but not great, and especially passing on this Eagles defense has been a problem area for them, so uh, that's going to be fascinating, and the Bills defense has, um, you know, kind of been limping through the season because of how many injuries they've had, so expect the Eagles can exploit that, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this one. I think this was a game that a lot of people had uh you know just circled on their calendars since the schedule came out and knew that the bills would be coming to philadelphia um i have a an interesting question for you because obviously this offseason we saw the uh the running backs damn near unionize over you know contract negotiations and things like that i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you this question and then i'm also going to see who you think is in the uh, top five in terms of rushing yards in the NFL this season, if you don't already know. 
Would you give DeAndre Swift a contract extension, one, before the season ends or almost immediately after the season ends? Uh, it would depend on the number that he's looking for. I think um, the Eagles get DeAndre Swift because of the fact that he wasn't highly valued in Detroit or wasn't being utilized necessarily in the way it was. He also has had injury problems start his career. Now, like maybe I was part of the way he was being used. Who knows? Maybe it's just the Eagles have figured out a way to, to keep guys healthy for the most part when you compare them to a lot of other NFL teams. Um, I would be interested in resigning him. I think it shows like the Eagles approach is very much that they can find someone to fill in. Mm-hmm. And I would be shocked if they don't already have ideas about where they could pivot to next. But I would, I would take DeAndre Swift back. And I mean, he's 24 years old, yeah. which I think also plays a huge factor in it. It's not like Jay Ajayi when you traded for him in 2017 when I think he was like 26 or 27, but also had like degenerative knees. Um, I also think DeAndre Swift's injury history was the Lions offensive line when he was there was not the best. Um, so he was running behind, you know, not the best offensive line in football like he is right now. Um, DeAndre Swift is in the top five. Uh, in terms of rushing yards this season. Uh, He is number three currently with 690 rush yards and only one yard behind being number two. Uh, Do you know who else is in the top five? I would have to say that McCaffrey would be. Christian McCaffrey is number one. He's got 825 rushing yards. Who else has been? uh, Mostert? Raheem Mostert is number two with 691. Then it's DeAndre Swift with 690. This is just running backs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who else has been, who else has been like a top running back this year? Four and five are pretty surprising. Brian Robinson? No. He's had, he's had a good year. I was thinking maybe he snuck in. Uh, Brian Robinson has 558 rushing yards this year. Respect. Um... I'll give you this. The number four and five, they're both in the AFC. Both in the AFC. James Cook? James Cook is number four with yeah. 688. Brees Hall? Brees Hall is not number five. He is at 544 rushing yards. Pacheco? <laughs> no, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, but he is in the 600 club. He's at 614. Uh, I don't know. It is one Travis ATN. Oh, duh, of course. Yeah, that is very with six seventy. Yeah, um, followed by Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, who I think a lot of people would put in their top five uh, right. in those guesses. But I think DeAndre Swift having like the revitalization that he's had this year has been so evident, and it looks like he's like gotten that step back um, that he had while he was at Georgia and his first year with the Lions because it did feel like the way that the Lions were using him was like just a mismanagement of talent the past couple of years and that's why they got rid of him and drafted Jameer Gibbs and I think honestly the trade has worked out well for for both teams as the Lions are the two seed in the NFC right now and playing the uh the most important and impactful Thanksgiving Day game of recent memory yeah um yeah I'm trying to like there's no like we've we've rarely it feels like get like great Thanksgiving Day games, you know? I don't 
I'm trying to remember like before this year, like what are other big ones? Like you get 49ers Seahawks tomorrow mm-hmm. and that's, that's really up there. But I mean, it's like Cowboys commanders and uh Lions green Bay. It's okay. Seahawks 49ers. though is also going to be Geno Smith questionable. You're not going to have Kenneth Walker. So that's like kind of, that's a bummer. And like in my view, but, um, it feels like Thanksgiving Day. I feel like I've, I really, I don't remember. Like honestly, there's not a single game that comes to mind. Like the, like the yeah. Thanksgiving Day game Let's for me. See. I don't know. I think it's also it's always been a short week, and short right. week games are usually not great. Like there, it is usually kind of a lower quality game, and it just feels like even Lions always host a game. The Lions have been bad for most of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's really never been. Uh, a competitive affair last year was pretty close for the lions um i forgot they played the bills yeah they almost beat the bills right? yeah it was 28 25 bills ended up winning um looking at did we have the vikings game last year that was a good one vikings patriots wasn't yes that, that, that was, was a, the that was a game. good game i remember that one that was good but uh, i mean like that wasn't like iconic right either you know it's like you it you kind of have to be reminded of it Who a little bit. The Cowboys played last year. I don't even remember. Uh, the Cowboys last year played the Giants and won twenty eight to twenty. I honestly don't even remember. I have game. no memory of that game whatsoever. Um, trying to look at like pretty quality matchups over the past couple of years. Um, It's always tough, too, with Thanksgiving because, like you said, it is that short week, and you kind of already know two of the teams that are always going to play. Um, I mean, we had a, a fun one in 2014 when the Eagles beat the Cowboys 33-10. to um, Right. But, I mean... just feels like one that rarely... They're throwing Black Friday at us now, too. Yeah, which is, uh, first ever. It sucks because the Jets are like in so many primetime games because they obviously expected... Aaron Rodgers to not tear his Achilles uh, mm-hmm. four plays into the season. Um, that would have been a fun game if you know Rodgers had been playing the slowest because the Jets obviously have a better team. But I like the idea of, of throwing something on Black Friday. Yeah, it's a 3 p.m. kickoff, which right. I was like, okay, that works. Um, so we'll see how that plays out as well. Um, obviously, we're not huge college football guys. I talked about this with DJ because obviously he's a, a huge Michigan fan. Um, I was, when I was watching the, the Monday night game and just saw the ticker rolling across Michigan, Ohio state this weekend feels like one of the bigger college football games of like the last decade, at least like what's at stake, all the stuff surrounding both teams this year with Connor stallions, Ryan day and all that. I heard it's, it's the greatest crime committed on the planet actually, what, uh, what they did. It's disgusting. I still don't get the big deal. To no. be totally honest, I I still think it's a lot of, lot of a lot a lot of for a lot of nothing. A lot I, of hoopla. It, might, it just doesn't feel that big of a deal to me. I don't know. Like it's it it reminds me of, um, like steroids and cycling, mm-hmm. where like someone someone gets popped and everyone makes a big deal out of it, and like none of the cyclists ever make a big deal out because they're like we're fucking we're on the juice too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just I don't know. Maybe theirs was like so advanced. I just, I just, Who knows? But that does, uh, yeah, it is. It, it is feels like game. it's like a, a huge game and like being like very, very casual college football observer that I am and that you are for the most right. part. This game feels like it should be in prime time. Like 
seven thirty, eight o'clock. The under reason, the lights. so the reason I think they don't do that, like I actually, I don't ever remember Ohio State Michigan game ever being a night game. I it's think a noon kickoff. I think it's because there, there is like such a. It, I think it's, pr- it's probably the biggest rivalry like in college sports. I would say, and I think yeah. for like even if you're just talking like North American sports rivalries, I think it's up there. Like it's, yeah, there's a there's a clock countdown timer that <laughs> to to the game every year for in both teams like, uh, like locker rooms. Yeah, like it's just, it is a big thing. Like we were in um Columbus and they still had the stickers over whenever mm-hmm. they play Michigan. They put the stickers over all the street signs in the city. They put a sticker over any M. That's like <laughs> crazy. It's stupid, but it's also like I think it just kind of lets you in on like that. It, it's a really big robot. I think it's because they. I think like security wise and like and it's a police. TV deal thing too oh, yeah. with the Big Ten. They have like like Fox has the the big noon kickoff right. is uh, a Big Ten thing. So DJ was telling me that like there's like three prime time slots for college football, and it's noon, three thirty, and then the night game, and then right. if you want to dive into whoever's playing, you know, RIP the Pac-12 after this year, um, that game as well. But I'd much rather have Ohio State Michigan on at seven o'clock, seven thirty, than a fifteen point favorite Alabama playing against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But um, I think Alabama Auburn is at three thirty. The seven thirty games are Clemson South Carolina, Georgia Georgia Tech. You got Florida State and Florida at seven. So that's good stuff. There. It's funny. I mean, it's, you know, number two, number three seed. So, I guess what I'm confused about is how the NFL was able to get a Friday game, because I thought that like the whole thing was that they couldn't broadcast NFL games. Like it's like an antitrust thing that they're not allowed to broadcast NFL games on I, the same day or within like a certain time frame of college games. I think, I, I honestly assumed yeah. that there were no. I don't know why, but I I, I think part of it is high school football is pretty much over outside of state championship games. Right. So that's part of it. Um, and I think that's also why it's a 3 o'clock kickoff rather than a, a night game on Friday um, because I think it does put them in that, that time frame stipulation to where like the game will be over by whatever, 6.30, yeah, So There's o'clock. games all, there, all day on Friday in college. Like TCU Oklahoma is kicking off at noon, Iowa-Nebraska at noon, University of, I'm assuming this is like Tennessee and Tulane at 3.30. Missouri, Arkansas at 4. Like, I just always thought that that was the rules that you couldn't, uh, that's why, like, it, that's why the, as soon as college season's over, they start having Saturday games because they can't, you Let's know, finally. See. Yahoo put an article about it. Give us the news, Yahoo. Tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us how this is working. Um, so as part of, an 11-year, $11 billion deal for streaming rights to Thursday night NFL games. Amazon asked for a game on the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday traditionally jumpstarts the holiday shopping season, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. So per Forbes, Amazon will offer special deals throughout Friday's game, including product drops from big name brands. Of course. Uh, there will be on-screen sales throughout the live stream. With new e-commerce deals during all four quarters, as instead well as of pre-game instead and post-game of, uh, shows, sideline reporting, they're going to be talking yeah. about uh, the here's best a, here's deals a QR code. Um, let's see. By NFL rules, games on cable channels or streaming services 
must be carried in the home markets by an over-the-station. CBS4 won local bidding rights to air the game in Miami, Fort Lauderdale's market and the Florida Keys. No Palm Beach free TV station is permitted to air the game. The NFL traditionally doesn't play Friday games in part because of Congress's Sports Broadcasting Act, a 1966 amendment, withdrew antitrust immunity for any pro football telecast if a high school or college game is played within 75 miles of the station airing the NFL game. That essentially eliminated Friday NFL games in September and October. The NFL has only played eight Friday games since 1978, mostly because of the NFL's restrictions during Christmas. In 2005, a Dolphins-Chiefs game scheduled for Sunday, October 23rd, was moved to 7 p.m. on a Friday due to a hurricane. Uh, the NFL okay. announced I didn't realize it was a dis- games on Christmas every year unless Christmas is on a Tuesday and Wednesday. I didn't realize there was a distance problem within so 75 miles. Telecast okay. and game being played. So I guess because Florida, Florida State is on yeah. Saturday, I think, and... I don't know if University of Miami has a game or not, but I would assume they're playing on Saturday or as well. Or they might be on the road, I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't even – doesn't even look – I mean, Miami may not be in the top 25. That might be why. But Miami plays Friday at noon. Hmm. <laughs> Are they home? Uh, No, it's in – it's at Boston College, so that's probably why. Yeah, there we go. All right, there's cool. the loop. I did not know it was a 75 yeah. mile rate. I always thought it was a time frame. I always thought there was like a time. I thought so too. That they couldn't play, um, like within a certain window. But cool. There's my answer. You learn something new. As it turns day. out, uh, billionaires can get what they want, <laughs> and that's why you should subscribe to this show because you learn something new every day. Um, but yeah, we got Thanksgiving games that. I think, you know, the the night game will be probably the best one overall, and we'll see if Drew Locke or Geno play. Is, is it confirmed Geno's out? Or? Uh, he's questionable going into the game. It's like an elbow injury. Um, yeah. Either way, not ideal. I think, I want to say, I saw a great tweet that uh, really spoke to me because I love this kind of stuff. Um, this is from Jay Kuda or Kuda. Oh, I uh, love Jay. I have bad news for the Lions. Frown emoji. Emoticon, I should say. Since the AFL-NFL merger, they are 0-12 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase. Tomorrow is a waxing gibbous phase. Wow. So, sorry. But you know what? I think you can get good uh, good numbers on the Packers winning. So, there you go. The moon does not lie. moon don't lie. Probably doesn't help that the Lions have been terrible for pretty much that entire yes. time frame. So, Naturally, they're probably going to do bad, but I think I think you got to at least throw like five bucks on the Packers and, uh, and let the moon do its job. Yeah, moon don't lie. Put that on a shirt. Um, I know we like talking about uh, fun history things on this podcast as well. Um, and this week across the the state in Pittsburgh, uh, Matt Canada has finally been fired, and uh, Adam Schefter put this tweet out, and it is pretty wild uh when the Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada it marked the first time they have made an in-season coaching change yeah since 1941 fired himself Burt Bell was the one who fired himself back in 1941 as a uh, head coach coordinator and I saw this tweet and I knew it would bring a, a chuckle to your face 
this comes from un- at unbiased dumbass on Twitter. Great handle. Um, Hitler was at the height of his power the last time this happened. Yeah. Dude said, sorry, man. I got bigger. There's bigger shit going on. <laughs> we got bigger <laughs> concerns. I got to. I gotta grow my victory garden. I got. I, got I gotta go of, storm Normandy real quick. I have a lot of affairs to attend to, um, with Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, I think it was the day after Pearl Harbor. I was like, listen, this is just it's, <laughs> it's all too much. Of, it's a little too much for me. I think I'm I'm over it. But yeah, some of the Steelers' historical like facts are. What is, how many crazy. coaches have they had? They've had like seven coaches. Four. Four. It was uh, it's even worse. <laughs> That's even more insane. Chuck Knoll. Bill Cower. Actually, it might be three. It was Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I, um... That's... Since whenever Chuck Knoll first Well, the, the Steelers hired. and Eagles merged during the war, right? Yeah, they were, 1933 uh, was the Eagles' first year, so I want to say... I think during, like during the war, a lot of teams merged because they didn't have enough uh, players. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the Steelers and Eagles... Uh, yeah, that's why they wore the... Uh, the blue and yellow uh, jerseys that they wore back in 2007. That was the, the Steagles. Yeah, list of Pittsburgh Steelers head coaches. Let's see. They've had uh, 16 head coaches in their team's history. But it's like three or four or whatever in the last like 60 years yeah, or something. Yeah, the right? Steelers just... were also founded in 1933. And they went through five coaches in a seven-year span. Um to which then 1941 through 1968 they had seven coaches and then from 1969 to present they have had three head coaches yeah that's crazy that's insane it's a crazy run to be on um but yeah eagles bills will be fun and uh We'll see how that all plays out, but we'll shift gears from the gridiron to the baseball diamond because since we last recorded together, Matt, Dave Dombrowski came through, put his Tomahawk Shades on, go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app. Their Black Friday sale is going on right now. It's buy one, get two free. If it's free, it's for me, and I'm sure it's for you as well. Uh, Download the Tomahawk Shades app or go to TomahawkShades.com. Check out their Black Friday Cyber Monday sale. Support our advertisers. Uh, and, of course, anytime you can use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. That's TomahawkShades.com or the Tomahawk Shades app. Use code USP for 25% off your order. Matt Aranola is staying home and looks to be a lifetime Philadelphia Philly. as He signs a seven-year, $172 million contract. Shuts down the Braves in free agency just like he does on the mound in the postseason as they offered him, allegedly, more money. The Dodgers offered him more money. But Aaron Nola said, no, I'm a Philly guy through and through. This is home. I want to raise my my soon-to-be child here. And Aaron Nola is staying home. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm glad he's staying. I think uh, the alternatives, I think they're still going for Yanomoto, right? But yeah. uh, no guarantees there, and Blake Snell comes with his own concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have taken Snell and Nola, which I guess is still potentially on the table. I've seen so many people talking about um, the guy the Brewers released who's going to need a year to recover from Tommy uh, John right? and signing him to a two-year deal, and like you're in that window. Why not have him for 2025 when right. Painter is also ready to go, and then you have – 
him. You have Nola, Wheeler, who they're already talking about, a Wheeler extension as well, rightfully so. You and I were both very pro-resign Nola, though. Yeah, I, I think he's um, – I actually think it's a pretty good contract, too. Like, mm-hmm. seven years is – you know, maybe the last two of that are going to be a little rough, but for the next two, three seasons, you expect he's going to be pitching at a high level. And I think you would have had a hard time replacing what he brings you on the open market without paying probably more than you paid for him as it is. And, um, yeah, I think you keep him and Wheeler together or a great one, too. For me, I, I'm really happy to have him back. I, I think it's 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 a good sign. Um, I, I think it would I think it would have been a big loss to to not have him back uh, next year. And um, yeah, and it still allows you. You know, you could you could still hypothetically go take a big swing in the uh, the free agent market. And they're they're still trying to do that. Bryce getting involved in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, release the sizzle reel. Yeah. What what do you call it? The tapping the the like. Uh, <laughs> What 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 did the Sixers get in trouble for? What do they call it? What's like the official word for like when you like uh like tampering? Yeah, tampering, tampering with the I guess ta- it's legal tampering, yeah. but they're they're really making a pitch for him. So I mean, I would love that. I saw a post today that he wants to sign with a team that has other Japanese players on it. Well, we could listen. I saw Ichiro throwing eighty six in Japan, and I'm sure our bullpen could use a. A long man back there. Why not bring, or a guy? Like, bring him as like a coach or something. Just yeah. let him hang out. I would hundred percent do that. If you had to pay Ichiro like two million a year to just hang out in your clubhouse yes. as like some sort of BS coach nonsense, they get Yanamoto and Otani. By the way, <sighs> listen, I will pay. I will pay. <laughs> I, I'll do it. If we got Otani, I would lose my mind. Oh, hundred percent. Where's Where's the feeling on Otani going? I know Texas was rumored for a while. A lot um, of people throwing uh, the teams I've seen get thrown around the most are Dodgers, Cubs, and Red Sox. Man, don't love any of those. Dodgers, I would hate the most. Yes. I don't see Red Sox happening. And Cubs just feels kind of. Eh. It feels underwhelming. I wouldn't feel like... And I also saw today the Cubs allegedly uh, trying to trade for Bo Bichette. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that is just more like trying to entice uh, Otani to come because there's another high-caliber superstar player on the team. Um, I do like Otani's negotiating tactics. I don't know if you saw that, too. He, uh, he said he's going to be meeting with teams, but if it leaks that... Uh, that team met with him, it's going to hurt their chances of signing him. Good. Yeah, you know what? Makes sense. It's like the uh, the Game of Thrones thing. You tell everyone something, a different story, and then when uh, you find out, when you hear that story repeated, you know who, uh, who leaked the story. And I think if you're a team that you know you're not going to get Otani, you just say, hey, Otani met with us. <laughs> Narrow it down for the rest of us who are in the mix. I don't think there's a single team besides the Homeless athletics mm-hmm. that would not sign Otani. I'd say the athletics. Uh, I don't know if the Braves would because they would probably make Shohei Otani uh, donate fifty uh, percent right. of his contract to the Atlanta Braves Foundation, right? Which feels like a Ponzi scheme through and through. Um, and I don't think the New York Mets would sign Otani because uh, I think they would. They would. They would. But that's a very Mets signing. Uncle Stevie talking about, hey, 
we're, we're, take, we're taking the year off. Fiscal responsibility. Yeah, we're going to take the year off. He's got to. Well, I mean, he could just give Otani the year off, too. He's like, let's yeah. come here and just rehab it and be back to pitch and uh, hit next year. So, we'll see. I also don't know how I feel about all these Mike Trout hypotheticals floating around. It's just, it feels very uh, feels forced, forced. forced and fabricated, and it's just it's not going to happen. No. He's just going to stay in L.A. Sorry to tell you. That's, He's lived there for like 10 years now. Yeah. Like, that's just, he <laughs> loves it out there. Like <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> it's close to the Nike facility where like, he has a major sponsorship deal with. and No shot. There's just no chance. No, no chance. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Very happy Nola's back, though. Um and they said signing him at the number they got him at doesn't take them out of any other big free agent moves that they want to make. Could also open up the trade market potentially too to go get another you know front of the line starter and really bolster this rotation through the roof. So who knows? Um, but we are on a hot stove watch, and, and we'll see how things continue to play out for the Fightins. Um, we'll move to the now eliminated bright red NBA court as the Sixers lose in overtime uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers and are eliminated from the NBA in-season tournament in ultimate Sixers fashion, Matt. <sighs> yeah. It, just, you know, I got to tell you, you know, we were so so worried about getting invested in the regular season. Like, well, this team won't hurt us in the playoffs. It's like, well, what if we hurt you early in the year and what is kind of like the playoffs? What if we did that instead? Um yeah, it sucks. I, I, people are like, I didn't care about this stupid. I cared. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I wanted the team. I'm. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm putting this out there. As soon as these teams get to Vegas, it's gonna be like a whole thing. Yep. It's gonna be a whole thing, and people are gonna be really into it. People are already getting into it because like, last time was the first time games really had like, it really felt like there were stakes. And the team leading up to it, you, like Nick Nurse was talking about point differential. Like that's why Embiid took that late shot so against the Pistons. You know, was like because that matters in your yep. your position in the group. So. Um, I'm going to be pissed when like a bunch of teams are playing in Vegas. Everyone's paying attention to it and talking about it and how fun it is and exciting. And there's a playoff like atmosphere and whatever. Um, and it would have been cool to win the first one. That's I, I really, I wanted them to do that. I think it would have been really cool to say that your team won the first of this, uh, cause this tournament's not going away ever. Nope. It's only going to get, you know, more involved. I would say the only thing that I think has to change is everyone has kind of played a different amount, like on different days. I think if you want this to be a little more competitive, one, I I think you just do it straight through. I don't think you do this thing where like, I understand they want to kind of have it staggered like Thursdays, Tuesday, but I think like just have like a week and a half where you, every game is a group stage game. I don't know. I I don't know how feasible that is with like all the scheduling, but I hate switching back from, just a regular season game to a group, yeah. To a group game to you is know. Champions League with soccer. Is that on designated days? Yes. Okay. Champions League is always Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Okay. And you know, like, and you you also know, like, it's very like, it, it's very obvious. Yes. You know? <laughs> like it's very obvious. It's similar. It's honestly similar to what the NBA does too. Where like, there's a whole different ball, mm-hmm. and the broadcast screen looks different. Outside of that, nothing. Yeah. Well, like the uniforms look slightly different. There's like a different patch you wear mm-hmm. for um which for like the Champions League season but, tournament they were doing the City Connect jerseys. And right. You know, so like they're they're definitely going. But I just think like switching from this like back and forth. The 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 problem is is like with the group play, it feels like 
I don't know. It just feels a little uneven, and I think I, I would rather just see him play the group through or make sure that everyone is kind of on a similar Yeah, because it was Tuesdays schedule. and Fridays, but some teams weren't playing on a Friday. Right, like that's the thing. And that's where I think it gets challenging too, like just with the NBA schedule, like there's so many games to yeah. work out that it's it's probably not easy to do, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's something that is easier to fix though. Yeah. With now that it's established um as being something that's going to be here, it's it's gonna be easier to kind of fit those into a schedule, I think, more so than it was going into this year where the in season tournament was kind of like sprung on everybody in the off season. It's like what is this? Um, I thought it was fun. It, it was. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of bummed we're not in it. I would have really liked to watch them. The parade down Broad Street at the middle of January or during the All Star break would have been electric. We would have, would have given them one. That's for sure. Uh, at least we could have made. It would have been funny if we made a, a, a tournament conference, uh, in season tournament conference final before an actual conference final. But, um, yeah, I'm bummed we're not in it, and I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna be jealous of all the teams that go to Vegas and. I'm just telling you right now, it's gonna be mm-hmm. such. It's gonna be it's such. It's gonna a be thing. like fucking it's, March Madness. Honestly, yeah, like it's it's the Maui Invitational's on right now. It's gonna be like the same kind of thing, but f- way more views, way more eyes on it, and I really think like you're gonna get good atmospheres there. I think he, I, I was looking around at other games too, and like just like reading about what other fans were saying about the games. Like people like got invested in this, mm-hmm. like you know, and the, every team that's out of it is like I didn't care about this shit. Whereas the team that wins is like this is awesome, like yeah. you know, and whatever. I just, just wait until like. Next year, the year after, when the fucking semifinal and the final are in the fucking Vegas sphere. Right. Like, it's fun. It's fun. It's a new wrinkle. And hate it or love it, you got invested in the NBA in November. Right. And that was Which the point. was the goal. It's like, uh, it's like that bowler said. The one that was, who do you think you are? I am. Yep. When he retired, he was like, love me or hate me. You watched. Exactly. Like, That's the way it is. Um, so we'll see how the... Uh, the Sixers get back at it. They're playing the Timberwolves tonight. No Joel Embiid. Uh, I think the thing I'm most excited about from this matchup is the – I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen the Timberwolves Brazil account? Yes, the Vor. I can't wait to see what they contract for this game. account. Yeah, it's going to be no Embiid. So. That account is one of the most absurd things to ever hit the internet. I love it. Brazil is a wild place, truly – you know, there's there's no frontiers left on the planet really outside of like the oceans, but Brazil is like a place I think that we could study a little bit more. Yes, it is, is a tap into the minds yeah. of uh, Brazil Timberwolves and uh, see what's going on up there because they have had some very wild tweets uh, to kick off this season, and we'll see what we get from uh, tonight's matchup and also in action uh, out on Long Island, the Flyers and the Islanders, Matt, and don't look now. Flyers are second in the Metropolitan Division. You're right. I'm not going to look now. Most That's... insane run of a team that is not supposed to be doing this, but somehow are finding a way to beat down. Typical. On, this is so typical of them. On good teams. Uh, they're currently on a five-game win streak where they have beaten the Ducks 6-3, to the Kings 4-2, to the Hurricanes 3-1, to the Golden Knights in overtime on Saturday, four to three, and then the Blue Jackets on Sunday, five to two. Um, I hate them. It's insane. They're just they're so it's so typical of them. This is such a Flyers thing to do. <laughs> they are uh, four points back of first place in the division. <laughs> they are the kid in gym class. 
trying way too hard. Gym like, class bro, heroes. You do not. You do not have to do this. You do not have to do this. I uh, I saw an interesting take from Ryan Whitney uh, from Spit and Chicklets, former NHL player. He said, "You'll know who's going to make the playoffs in the NHL by the time Thanksgiving rolls around." Yeah, he said. Typically, the standings, the way they are on Thanksgiving. You know, you'll have one or two teams that that work their way in as the season progresses, but for the most part, the way the standings are uh, by Thanksgiving, those are the teams that typically make it to the playoffs, which yeah. is a fascinating thing to kind of take in, especially because that's only like what a month and a half month into the hockey season to kind of know already what teams are established as playoff teams and which teams aren't. I think it's kind of similar with the NBA, though, right? Like. Typically, Christmas is when it, you know, it's like a little mm. bit longer, but um, even typically Christmas is when it feels like season kind of takes a turn into like a more competitive uh, era because hockey usually starts like a week and a half, two weeks before. Yeah. So similar kind of time frame. So we'll see if uh, things hold up because Thanksgiving, obviously, tomorrow and uh be pretty wild if the Flyers were the two seed in the playoffs. Um, don't see it holding up, but... Who knows? Um, it is Thanksgiving, though, which means uh, the big one on deck uh, in our backyard, the 152nd meeting between our alma mater, Vineland High School, and Millville, our neighboring town. Uh, you can catch myself on the broadcast tomorrow from Wheaton Field, the newly renovated Wheaton Field. Um, Going to be a fun one. Best of luck to the Fighting Clan and uh coach guzman and um thanksgiving is here Matt. one of our favorite uh just feast days we we love food on this show um it's always a fun time when thanksgiving rolls around i made i'm in charge of desserts i made pumpkin pie which i came to the realization today might be my favorite dessert honestly hmm. i really th- like i love pumpkin pie i've always loved pumpkin pie as i've gotten older i'm like i really think Pumpkin pie might be my favorite. It's certainly my top three, but I also made turnovers, which was an experience. So, I yeah, big fan of Thanksgiving. Any holiday that is centered around eating a bunch of food and having sports on in the background is kind of it's kind of my deal. That's a vibe. Um, I think we're gonna put out one of those those tier lists and uh, have a tier of all Thanksgiving food. We'll have that out for everybody for tomorrow to kind of. Have the the takes flowing at the uh, the old dinner table and what's good and what's not at the Thanksgiving table and we uh, we finally have Union Soccer again this weekend too as the playoffs it's been, continue. It's been eighty four years. It's been forever since they have played. Uh, I've been telling my dad about how the the playoffs have worked. He's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He's like, you know, I actually think so. I I think we should have any time we change. Anything with sports. It, this shouldn't be the only factor, but there should be a council of dads. Dads will like dads are resistant to change, so you know you have to you have to balance mm-hmm. it out in some way. There's got to be some check because they're never going to want anything to change for the most part. But you should you should have like pick a pick a dad from each state and have them convene. And it's like, hey, we want an NBA in season tournament. And be like that's stupid, you know, you know. But you, get their opinion yeah. on record at least. The council of dads. Copyright trademark 2023 Underground Sports Philadelphia. Um, I feel like that's got to be a a sector of like how we do our our podcast Hall of Fame day. We need to 
every year just nominate a a dad to the council of dads. Yeah. I think head of the committee, DeAndre Swift's dad, hundred <laughs> percent, along with uh, his running mate, the need six year dad. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so let us know your favorite dad uh, in the YouTube comment section. Uh, everybody have a happy and healthy and safe Thanksgiving weekend. Don't do anything too crazy. Uh, don't overspend on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Don't do anything stupid if you're going out in public. Uh, to go shopping and uh, obviously listen to the podcast while you're out, while you're with your friends and family, throw it on the TV. Um, would love to get those. I saw our numbers uh, on YouTube. 5% of our viewers on YouTube watch on their TVs. Maybe you get a new TV on Black Friday, throw the podcast on. Who knows? Uh, but make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. We're at 637 subscribers. On that road to 700 and on that road to 1,000, obviously, uh, where we can continue to do more awesome stuff on YouTube once we hit that 1K mark. And then it's on that road to that silver play button plaque. Um, so go subscribe. Have your family subscribe and tell them that we're the best damn podcast out there. Uh, and, of course, get your merch, phiapparel.co. You'll see our Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals all across our socials from our awesome merch partners. But at any time, you can use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your orders. And, of course, we are presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The City's Economic Development Department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. Big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And uh, as we finish up recording here too, Matt, on this day, 22 years ago, we had the best uh, Thanksgiving halftime show. Uh, Creed and Scott Stapp. Can you take me higher? That's amazing. It's the best. Uh, Creed going on tour this summer. Good. Good. Keep him around. Keep him around. America's better when Creed is in it. I love that there's the guy on TikTok that gets stitched to everything now. Yes. We actually just posted one with the Brotherly Shove. Which is just spectacular. It makes it even funnier because I found out by just scrolling that guy's TikTok, he's a Cowboys fan. Well. You can't you win can't, them all. You can't be perfect in all ways. So, so uh, shout out to Mace Owindu is his uh, great name handle there. He's a big Star Wars guy. Uh, but this has been episode 588 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Have a safe, happy, and uh, bountiful Thanksgiving, everybody. And we will see you on the next one. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.